All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Hello again, and welcome to Premium Screwheads Talk Horror. I'm Screwhead Dan. And I'm Screwhead Andrew. And we are here once again to dissect, dismember, and discuss horror movies. Today's horror movie is going to be the 2003 American slasher, early 2000s. Two horror legends pitted against the ring in a cage match. Uh, two enter, only one comes out. That would be, of course, Freddy versus Jason. Nightmare on Elm Street versus Friday the 13th. Fans have been clamoring this one for a long, long time, and thankfully it has finally come out nearly 20 years ago. Oh my <laughs> God. Yeah. So yes, there we go. Ever since uh, we did have that cameo by Freddy at the end of Jason Goes to Hell, uh, they were kind of clamoring for this one. It's also uh, Robert England's uh, very last... Um, uh, per, yeah, the very last time he uh, was played uh, Freddy, so a little bit sad in that way. Yeah, but uh, there we go. But what a, what a note to send out on. Anyway, before we get started and before we start talking about the series, Andrew, how the hell are you doing? I'm doing great, man. It's a uh, 90 something degrees here today, uh, and bright and sunny. After yesterday on the fourth, it was raining literally all day. <laughs> um, mm. So it's, it's a nice turnaround. Uh, you know, it's going pretty good. How about yourself? How you doing? Uh, not too bad. It is also 90-something degrees down here in the south, probably a fair bit hotter, but that's okay because I work from home, and I have AC, so it's okay, I guess, um, honestly. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think, like, what has happened. Final Fantasy 16 is really good. Is it, though? Legend of Zelda is really good. That's true. And that's really all that's going on in my life right now. We're, we're planning our... Uh, Sweden vacation and uh-huh. also Copenhagen vacation and London vacation and Norway vacation. It's all the same vacation. We're just kind of hitting up the spray bar right there. But uh, yeah, we're about to book our last few hotels. Other than that, uh, not too shabby. That's awesome. When, wait, when are you guys going? Uh, sometime in September. So there will be a hiatus for like three weeks. I don't uh-huh. know. Maybe we can record an episode and just kind of release a piecemeal. That's true. So we'll talk about that. So we'll figure that out. But yeah, that'll be in September. We're currently recording this at the beginning of July, right after the 4th. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I mean, last uh, night was basically just uh, my one cat is terrified of fireworks. So I was just kind of lying in bed with him under the covers as uh, <laughs> he is. And my other cat, who is much younger, just kind of jumping right up to the window and just being the fearless little girl she is. Ooh, what are those noises outside? Yeah. Um, but yeah, not, not too bad. Uh, Alphonse, like my dog is afraid of everything. Like anything that moves slightly, like if a, if a branch like hits him while he's walking near it, he like flips out. But for some reason, fireworks, he doesn't give a shit about. He'll like just walk hmm. around, like, does, does not care. I think he just knows they're so far away that he's like not an immediate danger to him. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm always uh, always surprised by that. I would have thought he would have been scared because he's literally afraid of everything else. But mm-hmm. explosions, nah. Yeah, he's like the cool action star that just doesn't look at explosions. Exactly. He likes he likes to walk in front of them, look really cool, and then jump every now and then. You know, just dramatically. Yeah. Not out of fear, but there just for a good production value. Yeah. 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 Huh. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to have a lot to talk about with this one. So if you want to, we can jump straight into the movie. Yeah, well, I, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Before we can get into this, I thought we'd done this at one point. I was like, <laughs> I, 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 I think I had wanted this for a while. And I just like, for some reason, assumed we did it. So I was like, I'll never bring it up. And then we were talking about it. And I was like, have we never done this? <laughs> um, I don't know why. I assumed this was like one of our early ones. Um, but apparently not. So uh, here we are. <laughs> 
There we go. I actually think it, besides uh, Freddy's Revenge, which we did a while ago, um, we did, um, this is the only Friday the 13th slash Nightmare on Elm Street movie we've done. That's crazy. But yeah, make, make, so, yeah think, that is crazy. I think I've, I've tried, I've tried to add the remake to our, uh, to our, I think the remake is on our list at some point, the Friday the 13th remake. Yes. Because um, who needs to watch Nightmare on Elm Street 1? That one was a piece of shit. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> though this was actually also the last movie before they did those uh, the reboots, so this was the end of both franchises in their current mm-hmm. continuity. Um, though I do believe there is a um, Camp Crystal Lake TV series in the works right now, um, and I think there's mm-hmm. also a movie. I think there might be also, a, uh, I think they're kind of doing what they're doing with Alien, where they're making a TV series and a movie um, at the same time, but maybe a little bit developed separately, but I think it's like a prequel series about like what happened with Jason, and I think, I think they're talking about possibly each season then kind of covering a movie more or less um so that could mm-hmm. be really cool i could i could really enjoy that if it's i did like i don't want to see just a movie about jason i'm not gonna lie uh, i mean i guess a child i don't want to see kid jason um but who knows maybe they'll do it i'm not, I'm not sure they're doing with freddy these days I, I feel like i know that there was a lot of rumors about um continuing from the remake and doing like a you know a, a kind of a, a revisit to freddy's revenge but i don't think that ever actually I think that was more just people on the internet talking about things than it was actually reality. Um, no, Freddie is still getting work. Didn't you notice his prominent role in um, the uh, Steven Spielberg mag- magnum opus uh, Ready Player One? Oh, you're right. You're right. I, I forgot. I'm so sorry. What? <laughs> that was that was Jackie O'Haley, wasn't it? That was that wasn't like that was. Yeah, that was Jackie O'Haley. That was oh. Robert England. I mean, and he's also uh-huh. in the classic Dead by Daylight, which is insane maybe yeah, robert yeah. england just didn't want to sign his rights away to that but i mean <laughs> what a yeah what a speaking thing. of which i think that's yeah i think it's a big thing with the friday the 13th movie series why we haven't seen one in quite some time is because isn't like they're they've held up in like some big rights limbo i know there was some issues with the games where like the original creators of friday the 13th had a conflict with the people who made the sequels or something like that yeah i think sean s cunningham was fighting with the guy who kind of like created the jason character i think is what it was I think what happened, I think like there's something like the Jason persisting after that became a, a difference. And that's, I think at some point I knew um, New Line when they actually, when they got the rights to make the Freddy vs. Jason movie, they got the rights to the name Jason, but not to Friday the 13th. Um, so that, that's why they have like Jason Goes to Hell, Jason X, that's why those exist. Uh, that's when they got the the uh, the rights to that that name. But I think, yeah, I think it's something to do with like the Jason character being created. Um having a dispute between that because technically Sean S. Cunningham didn't really create that Jason that we know and that's what the argument kind of comes about um, from what I understand. Um, but yeah, again, it's just like what happened with the Predator rights at one point. Like, it's just fucking people wanting money. Like, fuck that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know I, I said I read a book about, I read a book about um, the making of Freddy vs. Jason and like so much of Sean S. Cunningham is just like, I don't know, talking out of his ass, I feel like. Uh, he's somebody who clearly mm-hmm. doesn't like really care for this year. Like, doesn't, care that much about friday 13th but just wants the money and wants the legacy that it created you know um yeah but we talk about that more later um but anyway uh so uh dan what was your first experience with this movie with Fre- uh freddy vs jason what do you what do you remember about this uh, going into it yeah no it came out in 2003 i would have been in middle school at that point so like i was aware of who freddy was i was aware of who jason was but i really didn't start getting into horror movies until um end of high school early college so, yeah, at this point, I don't think I actually, when this movie came out, I don't think I saw a single Friday the 13th movie. I think I may have, like, downloaded a clip on Casa or Napster or something like that of the Johnny Depp um, bed scene <laughs> from the very first movie, which is still one of my favorite kills in a horror movie ever. I just, the fact that they, like, turned the entire bedroom upside down was just so cool. Oh, yeah. Um 
But yeah, other than that, I really didn't see too much on that front. I think there was a point like right after college where I was just like, okay, let's start getting into these movies. And I started watching them um, one by one. And I think by the time I got to this movie, I really was just kind of burnt out on the franchise. So I was just like, yep, that's about it. That's Friday versus Jason. <laughs> and I really haven't touched it for too much because that's the thing about slashes. And I think I've talked about it in one of the previous episodes as well. Like Jason is legendary, of course. Freddy is legendary, of course. But it really is one of those where slasher movies, once you've seen a bunch of them in a row, they all just sort of blend together. And you do kind of have to take a break. And that's why I kind of like the ones where they kind of play with the formula, like, like the Scream franchise. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, that's pretty much where I am. So going back into this movie, it was actually kind of interesting for me because like I've seen it. I don't remember much about it, honestly. I did remember the ending um, and a few choice scenes here and there. But it was kind of like rediscovering it again, but this time with a little bit of a fresh eyes now that I'm aware of the legacy at that point in time and kind of where the franchises went after this one, which gave it a little bit of an interesting perspective as the last hurrah to these characters. Um, it was also very interesting, too, to kind of see how early 2000s this movie is (laughs) especially with the soundtrack which uh yeah it it gave me a lot of like you know the whiplash he had at the end of 13 ghosts where they just break into a rap at the end that's kind of how i felt with the ending with this movie too i forgot about that (laughs) about that that, yeah that actress okay yeah i remember yeah raw digger yeah raw digger raw digger So, yeah, that's kind of that part. But the entire time I was just like, okay, yes, I I would not be surprised if Papa Roach decided to uh, come on in and do the soundtrack for this as well. But they had to. They were too big at the time, so they couldn't do it. So they had to go with, like, the Papa Roach knockoff. Remember that song? Cut my life into pieces. This is my last resort. Remember that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so my funny funny story about that. I had that CD, and it was... I had it in a middle school. My parents did not let me buy, like, obviously anything adult advisory warning content at all. Although I did have Blink-22 CDs. I don't know why that was. Um, but anyway, so the parent rental advisory on that album was so small that when I was just like, hey, mom, can you buy this? She was like, yeah, sure, fine. Ooh, what's this picture of a cockroach on there? And then I bought it, and it was terrible. And then she looked at it, and, like, the lyrics... I mean, they're terrible bands, but... <laughs> looking at the lyrics and everything i actually got in big trouble for that and i was just like why did i get in trouble you bought it for me <laughs> anyway how dare you Papa roach not worth talking anymore over except there is one more thing talking about them there is a video on youtube of them playing a concert in like 2013 2015 ish at a denny's and it's the greatest thing ever it's wonderful that sounds amazing yes it's like five people in a mosh pit and that's the only people that are doing anything that being said i'd probably be if i went to denny's when you go when you go to denny's you know you're not in a good place usually if i was going to denny's <laughs> and they fucking started playing music i'd be so fucking pissed <laughs> i'd be so angry i would i'll probably leave I'd take my, i'm taking my toast to go and i would just get up and leave and be like no fuck you Papa, uh-huh. you ruined my denny's okay i am sorry i'm gonna do a quick quick little fact correction right here it was not a denny's it was a shaky's pizza all right i'm gonna fuck that it's all right good don't ruin my denny's life <laughs> but yeah same thing if i was a pizza hut also, you know, I got what Shakey's is like. Shakey sounds like, like, like an okay place. I mean, it sounds like, it sounds uh-huh. like, a, like a knockoff Chuck E. Cheese's. Maybe he's like... Yeah, that's kind of what it is, oh. basically. All right. I mean, as long as he plays yeah. with the animatronic animals, I'd be okay with it. <laughs> Shakey's Pizza Power, Tonight All You Can Eat, Papa Roach, Ego Trip, which is their 11th album, apparently. <laughs> anyway, back to Freddy vs. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, it, for me, that this was... Um, I... See, I definitely don't think i saw this until after like 
I have a very distinct memory of this movie, um, but I can't have seen it when it came out in theaters, I imagine, because it's rated R, and I would have been 12 at the time, so I don't see that happening. Um, but I definitely remember watching the trailer, the commercials for it a lot, and really kind of like mm-hmm. taking in that lore, because I think um, for a while they would kind of show the um, the like uh, commercial, and it would be like, you know, Freddy, you know, in this corner, Freddy, he is, you know, the son of a thousand maniacs, and he has this, this is his body count and stuff. And I remember being like, yeah, like being really excited about it. And I think a lot of that was because the following year, Ellen vs. Predator came out, and I was like, yeah, Tower mm-hmm. Icons fighting, amazing. This is, <laughs> this is up my alley. Um, so I remember being really kind of into this, and I think I'd seen some of Nightmare on Elm Street and stuff, so I was really kind of pumped for this. Um, I do think I probably saw this movie before I saw most of the other films, because um, I think when this came out, I don't know why I think I like, I don't know how I got in, how I saw it, but I definitely think that I've, I think like I kind of may have seen the first Friday the 13th and I probably have seen the first Nightmare on Elm Street at that point. Um, But I remember being very, actually, no, actually I got into Elmer's Predator in third grade, so I'm sure I probably saw this. Okay, now it's, yeah, I probably saw this at some point uh, earlier on, but um, I don't know. I remember being very into this and I think kind of going back, like after that, after that, I think that's when I really got into horror and started going back and watching all the series. This may have been what actually spawned my love of watching series in their entirety uh, because mm-hmm. I found it very interesting. Like the, the, the characters that I saw in this movie and like, you know, the, the kind of puppy eye Jason, I think was kind of the imprint for me for Jason. Um, and it really mm-hmm. kind of made me jive with him a bit. Um, so I think then kind of watching some of the other movies later really was kind of like, oh, what the fuck? Where's my, where's my my sweet boy. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I, I have very kind of fond memories of this and actually of being scared of it as well. Cause I think again, at the time, I think Jason and Freddie were still kind of new to me as to what they could do and who they were. Um, mm-hmm. And I will say going, I really, like, I've seen it maybe four, five times. I feel like, did we watch this in Korea at some point? I don't believe so. No. No. I don't know why that I might be getting this and Dreamcatcher mixed up for some reason. Um, but, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I I've really enjoyed it, and I think I again I, re- I read a book about um, the production hell this movie was in. It took ten years to make, and all the different scripts. Um, it's a really good movie. I forgot, I'll have to find grab the book and tell you who it was by. Um, but I think that gave me even more appreciation for it, and kind of how well it turned out, especially after some of the scripts that were uh, posited. Um, so uh-huh. I don't know. I I really enjoyed watching it again. Um, but I guess I kind of went to my opinion. Uh, Dan, what was your what were your opinion this this watch through? Yeah, definitely. Um, it is a very mixed bag. I think it's one of those movies where I'm just happy that it ex- exists, that these characters finally came together. And in terms of what the movie kind of puts forward, Freddy versus Jason, yeah, it, it definitely gave us that. I think it was a very satisfying ending. I think it was pretty fun. Um, definitely a lot of the early 2000s-esque-ish of it, <laughs> I guess the best way to explain it. Um it can get a little bit old or a little bit annoying. Um, it's definitely a time capsule in many ways. Overall, I don't hate this movie. I wouldn't say I love it. Definitely not by any means, but it is a pretty good movie. How about you? Yeah, I I think I love it. I think, uh, I think again, I think I think watching the series, if I'd watched the entire series and got to this, I could see it being abrupt, like a little bit jarring. But having had some distance from the series for a bit and watching it, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's, I, I like what they do with the characters. I like that Jay, like I, I like kind of Jason the puppy dog Jason, at least in the, in the sense of what his story is. 
and I like yeah. Freddy. I would call him he's... more anti-hero Jason in this one, which makes a lot more sense because he's easier to root for than uh, Freddy itself. Yeah, well, that, so. that's actually one of the interesting things I was reading about in a lot of like the stories. Like, there wasn't really any in any of the drafts. There wasn't a draft where Freddy was like, you know, they, you know, they, everybody basically decided they wanted kind of an audience to be on the side of somebody, and nobody was like Freddy because you know Freddy is a, you know, a child murderer in quotation marks, child molester. Uh, and Jason yeah. is the victim of bullying. <laughs> so it's like, mm-hmm. so everyone was like, yeah, it makes sense that he is our, uh, you know, he's our character that we like. Um, especially because this movie even opens up with Freddy killing a child um, right off the bat. Yes. You're like, oh, there we go. Um, but I, I, and I, I enjoy too that I feel like Freddy, there's a couple scenes where Freddy's a little bit of a jokester, but I really feel like they kind of dialed back kind of what he, from what he became in the, uh, the later movies and like Freddy's dead and, um, Dream Master. I think they really kind of pulled that mm-hmm. back a bit and made him a little bit more the scary kind of dude from the first one. Um, so I really, really enjoyed that about it. But yeah. who, who would you say who like of the two franchises? What is your preference? Do you have a preference? Do you, or is it more character based? Oh, definitely. No, definitely Nightmare on Elm Street mm-hmm. is my preferred franchise, just because like Jason. Absolutely, there are some ridiculous moments. Like Jason Takes Manhattan is a terrible movie, but it is a fun, terrible movie to watch for the most part. Just like the boxing scene on mm. the uh, rooftop and everything like that, and the whole Times Square where he kicks the guy's boombox. Like oh, yeah. dumb moments like that is why I love the Friday the Thirteenth series, or also the chocolate. <laughs> what was it? The fifth one, where the guy was just like, "You know, you're not going to have any chocolate." Oh, was that the fifth one? Uh, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know right? about yeah. Yeah, yeah, that one right there. Like, yeah, those movies eventually does kind of what I like to do and what I kind of eventually enjoyed more about over the series. But overall, I mean, Jason is at this point more, he, he is, it's like the Seinfeld role where basically just like he invented the whole, well, not even that, but he, he popularized the whole slow moving stalker. Like, yeah, there was Michael Myers, definitely. But when I think of like slasher movies, I always think Jason more so than Halloween, mm-hmm. even though, which is weird because Halloween's a little bit more popular, um, has more movies and everything like that. I don't know. I have to think about that a little bit more. What? But yeah, um, basically, basically that. Um, but Freddy and Nightmare on Elm Street, I just, they're more fun. Mm-hmm. And to me personally, if a slasher needs to be good, I either like it to have some sort of meta commentary and slashes as a whole or horror movies on a whole, or it just, the kills need to be very entertaining. The villain needs to be entertaining. And just Freddy is much more, or, yeah, Freddy is much more entertaining than Jason in that way to watch. Mm-hmm. No, and I How about you? Well, and I, and I like that. I like that you brought up Michael. Cause I always kind of think about that. Like you're right. Like, I think Michael is really the kind of like, we always kind of say that he is like kind of a slasher genre perfected more or less. But I feel like part of what I think makes the Jason movies so much fun is that they went into camp real quick like Michael, mm-hmm. for some reason, I don't know why Halloween is always considered high art. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't like we. You know, we've all seen like four's pretty good, but we've all seen four, five, and six. And I mean, like, and we've seen the we've seen the um, Rob Zombie movies. We've seen uh, the the you know the um, the Bloodhounds productions. Yeah, yeah like, we've seen those. Oh, yes, like, yes. Uh, by the way, we we've done episodes on every single one of the Blumhouse movies, just as an FYI. Wink, wink, wink. And, um, and we did one yeah. on five with um with Swedish <laughs> Hornard. Hornard, uh, absolutely. Um, but. I just feel like, I feel like, you know, like Jason, they're not afraid to be like, yeah, he fucking comes back. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, he's a zombie now. Yeah, he can, he got brought back to life when somebody shoved like a metal spike into his chest. Like, I, I, I love that they're just kind of willing to go with it. And I feel like part of what I think makes me want to watch more of the Jason franchise is that I feel like it doesn't take itself as seriously. Like, you know, they had fucking Jason yes. versus Carrie. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> amazing. Um, and actually, fun fact about Jason Takes Manhattan. Um, do you remember the kind of, 
punk girl who played guitar in Jay Snake's Manhattan. She dies on the boat in like the uh, yep. pipeworks. That the girl, that actress is the one who voices Noin, who's the girl who's kind of in love with Zex and uh, Gundam Wing. So she's a voice actor. Mm. Uh, you know, fun fact, just tossing that. I don't know why I know that, but boom, there you go. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, you know, you know, horror movies and anime. We've got both Andrew bases covered today. Exactly. Um, <laughs> No, but I really like what you said about that. Um, the, the Red Letter Media, when Halloween Ends came out, had this amazing bit where they set it off where basically it was just like, oh, Halloween is the worst Halloween movie and completely revokes the mythos of the series since the last time the mythos of the series was uh, <laughs> uh, perverted from Halloween Kills. Since the last time it was perverted from Halloween Resurrection, from the last time it was perverted from Halloween 6, from Halloween 4, and they eventually keep going back and just like the last time the mythos was disturbed from Halloween 2 where it was revealed that Jamie Lee Curtis was his sister all along <laughs> it's just like yeah it, it, it's amazing it goes on for like five minutes and then it makes you think like okay yeah this series is absolutely ridiculous mm-hmm. well I think that's what's so. so weird about Halloween is that like that first one everyone is like high art and I agree like I mean great made movie but yeah. then, like, everyone then kind of thinks it needs to go from there. It's like, no, like, you've seen, we've all seen Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street, I think, the first one. Amazing, like, perfect, like, I think, like, very cinematic, great movie. But then, you know, they go off the rails and they, they have fun with it. <laughs> like, I mean, mm-hmm. I, want, I, I wish Halloween did that a little bit more. I think, you know, I, I, I almost think, honestly, the curse of Michael Myers is a step in the right direction. The curse of the thorn was probably where yeah. they needed to go. Um, yeah, and just... I mean, slasher movies in general, like more than anything else. Like I don't go to Hereditary or an Ari Aster film expecting to have a good time. Mm-hmm. I'm expecting to like be like, okay, this is going to be a fucked up movie that's going to really stick with me, but I'm going to enjoy that first feeling and never going to want to watch it again. Slashers are always kind of intended to be, this is fun. You, you, you enjoy the tension and you enjoy the kind of feeling a little bit of scared when someone gets killed off or someone jumps out of the room. A- again, it's the whole date night movie. It's like, ooh, let's go see a Jason movie because you know you can go ahead and cuddle up in my arms or something like that and you know you're having a fun time during it Mm -hmm. and i think the little bit more camp the slasher embraces or the little bit more meta commentary or comedy that they involve in it it's it makes it better and then of course there's so many movies about slashers as a medium as a whole or a subgenre as a whole like final girls which is another episode that we did and uh lots of other stuff too so actually speaking of which so Uh, i have have the the big 12, 13 Blu-ray collection of Friday the 13th, this big fancy one that came out from Scream Factory. Um, and some of them are, like, clearly just they just took the Blu-ray out of another set and tossed it in there. Um, but <laughs> on my disc for uh, Freddy vs. Jason is Cabin in the Woods, <laughs> the trailer for <laughs> Oh, that's that seems right. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, let's, let's hop into this movie. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think this is going to be one of those episodes where we're going to kind of have to continuously check ourselves. Otherwise, <laughs> we are going to talk for five hours. I mean, it's two very um, long yes. franchises fighting together. It makes <laughs> sense. Um, but so I think the first thing to talk about, you know, in order is like the opening of this movie. Because I think, so again, I, I, the um, book, uh, Clash of the Titans, uh, Freddie and um, Jason, talks a lot about the kind of false starts and how they all these different plots, they have these different ideas about like insane asylum and then like Jason being revived with some dead girl's heart and stuff and all these different things. Um, but I think this idea, the pitch for this movie, the opening for this movie is so good and it sets the tone so easily that again, even as a kid who didn't really know the franchise very well, I, you understood what was going on. Um, I, Mm -hmm. I love this premise. Like, so the opening where we, so the the opening, we see Freddy kill a girl and we see him basically telling his story about how, because what happened in, um, the Nightmare on Elm Street series, because he keeps getting beaten back, he keeps getting 
beaten and it, you know it, it basically ties all the series together except for a new nightmare um he's become nothing basically you know if, if there's not a fear of him if nobody's aware of him he's not gonna become a thing and that was that was always what freddie was about was that repression people were trying to put away this bad thing and so in order to get that back he uses jason to basically cause fear um in uh where are they, where are they again what is the springwood springwood so they they mm-hmm. he, he basically uses jason wakes jason up from a, you know basically a zombie deadness wakes him up and gets him to go to springwood so that to start killing so that people become afraid of Freddy again. People think it's Freddy um, and just get power again. And I, I love that setup. I think it's really smart. It makes sense for his character. It kind of shows him as a manipulative kind of person, which is what Freddy's always about. Um, what did you think of that? Yeah, no, I loved it. I think it was a great way to introduce the characters. I think it was a great way to put it back. And, you know, Jason, I've always not really considered him a person, but more just like an unstoppable force of nature, um, which I think I used when for talking about Michael Myers and the <laughs> Halloween stuff. But anyway, yeah, Jason, to me, like, I don't feel like Freddy is obviously a villain. He does despicable things. He does terrible things. Jason does as well, but it feels better in some way because it's kind of like, oh, Jason's just doing his nature. He's just killing people. That's just what he does. Like, yeah, of course. Like, if you jump into a tiger cage, of course the tiger's going to eat you. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of the same thing as well for these slasher movies with Jason. It's just like, yeah, that's just what he does. That's how it is. So I kind of don't feel as um i i feel for him a little bit more in that way i guess is a weird way to put it but i get i get with what i'm saying yeah um but yeah no i I think it was a great opening great way to introduce the characters great way to bring it back what i was trying to get at is it definitely makes a lot of sense that freddie is going to manipulate jason in some way and jason's going to fuck it up just because he's just so strong and just so unstoppable force sort of mythos um so yeah, I really liked it, and I really liked the kind of dichotomy they had between the team on that front. Yeah, well, I, I love the idea that like that like you know, Freddy's a child killer and uh, Jason's a child victim, and it's like and like you mentioned, like mm-hmm. you know, in his when he kills people, it's usually because they break a rule, right? Like you know, it's like it's like the hook or whatever. You know, he breaks. They usually he kills the teens who are drinking and the kids who are having sex, and like you know, again to him that those are the teens who let him die. So he's like fighting back against a culture that like you know left him to be abandoned. And then Freddy mm-hmm. is somebody who is fighting back against a culture, uh, you know, against, you know, he was a bad guy to begin with, and he is get, getting revenge for people basically taking vigilante justice. And he's taking, you know, he's, he's more or less, he's getting revenge on the parents who not only killed him, but then repressed his existence from their children. And, you know, what they did, basically, he's the the sin, you know, like in the sense that he's the sin of the parents, while Jason is the sin of these, like, teenagers, essentially. Um, which is really interesting, you know, again, even though, you know, we blame the teenagers, the camp counselors for, you know, fucking and stuff, and how letting him die, it's still, you know, they probably should have been an adult there watching these kids as well. It shouldn't have just been these teenagers yeah. watching these kids. Um, so I always find that really interesting. They, you know, their origins, where they come from, and, like, how that really kind of shaped who they became. Um, uh-huh. But... So I got a question for you, just in terms of one decision that kind of chose to make with this movie, yeah. is how did you feel about the fact that uh, Jason was, like, deathly afraid of water in this movie? Oh, I'm here for it. I mean, so... Um, one thing, one thing that I really liked is um, so uh, it, in the um, in the book in uh, Clash of the Titans, they, they address that um, specifically. They talk about how that happened, and so for one thing, apparently this movie was originally like two and a half hours long, um, like you know, maybe like, I think that the actually you know the, the they claimed it would have been two hours long, two and a half hours long to film, but the writer says that maybe it was two hours long and they cut it down. Um, but he complained, uh, they complained actually about um, because of two of them um, about how. Um, basically they cut out a lot of kind of the plot of some things and like the, the time they spent on things 
Um, so like there's a lot of scenes where people are repeating what's going on like oh my god you did this or like Freddy tells somebody what his plan is essentially when they said that like mm-hmm. been, that was supposed to be more kind of you know drawn out over time um, and one of the things they mentioned was that scene uh, and I think it makes sense because it's the way they say it is that basically at that point we're in Jason's mind and it's not the fear of water that he's seeing but the fear of drowning that he's being reminded of so mm-hmm. the water's representing the drowning but he's not actually afraid of water He's just in his mind where, you know, your insecurities are kind of out there. And so he's afraid of drowning. So it's more that he sees the water in that moment in his subconscious that reminds him of drowning. But not that he's afraid of water. And the, 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 uh, the writer's very clear about that. They said, like, it's, they, they, are not, they do not think that he's afraid of water. They think he's afraid of drowning. Um, which makes sense. And, that, and that, that's why from there, Freddy cuts to drowning him. So that was more of like mm-hmm. a, oh, wait a second, let me take a step back from this water thing. And then Freddy's like, oh, what's this water? What's going on? And he's like, oh, okay, you're afraid of drowning. So it was supposed to be that, and I think if you do that context, it makes a lot of sense. But even back when I first saw it, it didn't really bother me too much. Um, yeah, no, that is, like, one kind of thing I remember hearing a lot growing up and sort of like, oh, yeah, why is Jason afraid of water now in this particular instance? Like, you know, Jason make, did, takes Manhattan. He had to swim to get to New York <laughs> and, you know, that sort of thing as well. But I, I was actually going to say the exact same thing you did, so I'm really glad the creators kind of <laughs> backed me up on that um, or backed us up on that in terms of, yeah, it's not so much water itself it's just that freddy is very very good about unlocking fears in people and jason's fear is drowning so mm-hmm. yeah yeah well, and, and, rare I, rare person that can actually get to jason's emotions yeah well i think the, the interesting thing about that is like again you know it's like it's also like he's cautious he's afraid of it like it's it's something traumatizing it's like you know i've been bit by a dog before but like i'm not afraid of dogs but the one's growling at me i'm gonna be like oh you know maybe don't bite me buddy you know, like, it's mm-hmm. it's it's an understandable fear. Uh, and, like, also, like, come on, it's, the movie needs something. <laughs> like, I think yeah. turning him into an infant was a little bit weird, but it also made sense because it was showing that his mind was going going back to when he was a child. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, apparently, mm-hmm. actually, um, a lot of the writers, for some reason, uh, for these drafts, were really into the idea of having Freddy be the one who killed Jason. Hmm. Basically having it be like, so, you know, in, in this movie, um, in that scene where he remembers drowning, uh, um, and then uh, the main girl, I can't remember her name. Uh, what is Jess? Is her name Jess? What's her? What's her? Uh, Lori? Lori. Okay. Wow. Lori. Yep. Anyway, um, so Lori goes into Jason's mind. She, like, you know, dream rhymes with him. And she sees um, Freddy drowning him. And in, the, um, in, the, in a lot of the drafts, people thought that would be like, a good thing to actually have. Either have it be that Freddy was, like, a camper there. And then he kind of left after that, and went, or he was like a counselor or something like that. And apparently, a lot there were a lot of drafts where he raped Jason, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Like, Jesus Christ! Yeah, like you, you guys went like they really wanted them to have some primal fear, some primal hate. It's like no, just like they don't need to have some crazy back connection. Just have it be that like like this one, like Freddie fucks with Jason. Jason's like, "Yo, fuck you," and there you go. Like honestly, it makes sense that Jason wouldn't be into people shit killing people. Jason's not into that. Jason like Jason is a vengeful killer, but he's not like uh hey, I want other people to be killed. Like I don't know, like it, it makes like I don't it's such like a weird, I don't know. It, I don't know why. Yeah, it's just Jason's crazy. a force of nature. Like he doesn't really have control over himself. It's just like, yeah, he just kills. That's what he does. Yeah. So it's like, it, it's such like I don't know. That for some reason that was very present in a lot of in a lot of people's drafts. Um and I don't know mm-hmm. why. I think it's a, it's a dumb idea. Um and I, I you know. I, I thought it was weird. Um yeah. So yeah, any any other moments that stood out to you that you either didn't like or were confused by? 
Uh, no, not really. I mean, it just kind of was curious your opinion on that one. Definitely some of the dialogue in this movie was just absolutely ridiculous. Like the, uh, I don't play checkers. Told you. I'm an Uno guy. <laughs> like, in the, in the, do you remember that one in the um, Mental Asylum? Yeah. That was, uh... Yeah, that was great. The fuck, Mary kill, the three stooges. Like, it, it, it's just some really, like, Oh, gosh. Early 2000s humor, I guess you could say. Mm. It, it was just weird. There, um, and this movie is definitely very fast-paced. Like, it goes along very, very fast. Oh, yeah. It, it, well, so. it, again, what's just great about it. Like, it's like a tight... It's like 95 minutes, something like that. Like, maybe even less. Yeah. Yeah, they do a really good job making it short, um, which is good, because as you mentioned, the dialogue is not great. Um, there's actually... So there's that scene um, where... What's her name? Um, what's her name? Kia. Kia? Um, the, the the Destiny's Child lady? Yeah. Um, Excuse me, where she um, confronts Freddy, um, and she calls him a faggot. Um, uh-huh. And apparently the writers are mortified. <laughs> they're like, we didn't write that. That wasn't us. Yeah. We didn't write that. Uh, and they're very angry. Like, not angry, but like they've... So, like, you know, a lot of times people write things, and they, they um, you know, obviously that, that that is today. But, yeah, I definitely remember back in 2000s people saying that word. Um, but now today, today we kind of realize, yeah, maybe oh, definitely. let's not say that. Um and I guess the writers. Yeah, and then like, like right before that, Freddie also had the comment about like, "Ooh, dark meat," because she's black. Um, yeah, there's definitely again the movie's 20 years old, mm-hmm. but it definitely rings a little bit different now than it did back then. Well, and um, it, you know, it makes sense for a villain to say something like that to a degree. Oh he, yeah, because he's he's a slimy monster. But when uh, Kia's supposed to be kind of you know standing up and being like kind of a helpful character, for her to use that is kind of an interesting choice. Um, but I guess neither of the writers wrote that. They, they both apologized for it and said, like, you know, this mm. shouldn't have been the movie. I think Ethan, Ronnie, you, the director. It was just ad-libbed, or? I, I'm guessing that's what it was. They said that they have the, they have the drafts that was never in their script. Um, so it could have mm-hmm. been ad-libbed. It could have just been her going to town, I don't know, being in, in the, the moment. Um, it does feel like a very ad-libbed moment with the, like, uh, making fun of the, the finger knives as, like, you know, phallus images, you know. Mm-hmm. It seemed seemed kind of ad libbed, but um, that that was I, that was like a, a very kind of '90s 2000 line, <laughs> I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found it interesting that, that you know they actually address it, um, which is cool. Um, what about the mouth to mouth scene? <laughs> like which one? That was so <laughs> dumb. In the van where they have Jason in the back of the van, oh. and it's just like, oh god, I think he's being hurt. Oh, give him mouth to mouth. And like all the water <laughs> spurting out, spurting out everywhere. God, that was so dumb. Uh, yeah, those are like the kind of can't be like those are the moments where I think where they really kind of take away from I think what the movie's doing really well. Um, uh-huh. But again, I think it's you know they're trying to add um, comedy. Yeah, comedy and like I don't know, I feel like that's like you know trying to make it more teen friend. Like you know like, like all the music like we've that like punk rocky music that that was or metalish music that was never in any of the Freddy or Jason movies before. But I think that's just kind of they mm-hmm. thought that's what the subculture was into. You know, I, I think that was just the culture at the time. Yeah. Like I said, this was the Papa Roach generation. Oh, gosh, I've never said those words before. Um, I think that's your generation. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> As a geriatric millennial, is that it? I mean, I, um, I was but a wee 12-year-old. I, I was, I, I was <laughs> well, you know, listening to the Shaman King theme song. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but I, think I, I had some great, um, what are some other lines in here they had? Oh, uh, what is it? Ah, oh, fuck. Where is it? Where is, there's, there's a great line. Um, oh, when... Uh, when so when when they when they go to the when they go to the school when Will and um, whatever his name is Mark I think Will and Mark go to the school after they they escape um, the mental institution they go to the school to find Lori and uh, uh-huh. and they're seeing one two phrase coming for you and Mark finishes it and like one two phrase coming for you and he's like you know what that means right it means he's coming for you <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> oh really Re- really Mark you fucking yes. idiot <laughs> like, like nobody was just like y- you know shit. 
who, who do you think's coming for, guy? <laughs> like, uh, and then even later when, when they're, yeah, it was pretty obvious. they're sitting like in, <laughs> in the Scooby van and he's like, and he's like, oh man, they sent us to, uh, to that, you know, that institution so nobody would know about Freddy. Do you think us talking about Freddy got people to know about Freddy again? Fuck, I must have fucked that up. And I'm like, yeah, no shit, man. Like, what, like, what was your plan there? He's like, uh, you know, we're trying to hide Freddy. I'm going to go to the high school and tell everybody about Freddy. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Good plan. Good plan, bro. Good plan. Um, but <laughs> I do love just how well one I really do like how they kind of treat Freddy as an infectious disease mm. in terms of how this movie we haven't even talked about the plot of this movie yet have we not? Okay. okay I mean it's go not, for it go like, for it tell us it, it, it's Freddy <laughs> versus Jason alright really really like literally what happens is Freddy is forgotten um, because of all the events that happen under the other Nightmare on Elm Street movies the citizens of uh, Springwood Springwood that's it yep I wanted to say Glendale. And I'm like, I, I almost said Glendale Spring earlier, and I was trying to think of it. <laughs> what, is, what is Glendale from? Um, um, anyway. Community? No, it's Greendale. Fuck. Is that a real place? <laughs> Springwood. Um, possibly. Anyway, so Springwood, basically, they kind of treat Freddy as an infectious disease in terms of they completely, like, erase everyone's memory of it or anyone who, like, finds out anything about Freddy, they commit into a mental institution, basically, just to kind of, like, quarantine them. So... That's the whole thing, the whole point, because Freddy kind of feeds off the fear of other people. Um, and in the very opening scene, Freddy is just like, oh, man, people have forgotten me. People don't fear me anymore. How can I make them fear me? Ooh, I know I could resurrect this Jason person, and this Jason person could then instill fear, and I can kind of piggyback off that as I grow stronger and more powerful by killing more teens, and then eventually I can do that. And eventually, as Jason goes around, the unstoppable force of nature he is, Freddy is unable to control him, and there are several scenes where Jason takes some victims that Freddy needed to restore his powers, and he's like, no, still my kill bitch i'm gonna come in after you and that's basically it so eventually it's freddy kind of swearing to kill all these kids and jason kind of being the anti-hero because it's an enemy and my enemy is my friend sort of thing um but that's kind of how this movie goes on in and of course there's a bunch of teens in the way um that we really somewhat care about they're all dumb they're all stupid um but that's the way the slashers are a lot of times um but what i really did love is like two of the kids who are committed to a mental asylum they escape and they just show up back to school and no one bats an eye. Just like, oh yeah, hey, we're back now. Cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. And actually, random fact, apparently, because I was thinking about Glendale, what, what, Glendale, what's it for? Apparently, that's where Robert England was born? Huh. I, I, that's funny that both came to both of our heads, but I don't, yeah, I, I didn't know that I knew that. I didn't know I knew that either. Wow. that, that That's a Matrix level shit right there. I know. Maybe it's, I don't know. I always just think Springwood because Springwood Slasher. Slasher is what his name was. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's uh, kind of how that went on that front. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the plot of this movie. And yeah, I really like, because again, it's but they both kind of have goals of, yeah, we want to kill as many people as possible, but they both have different ways going about it. And it, it feels very natural that that's going to lead to a conflict. Freddy tries to control Jason. Jason's unable to control, be controlled. And then they go ahead and they face off against each other. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, there was something else I wanted to say on that front, too. Um, I don't remember. How dare you? Anyway. But yeah. I, I do yeah. love Freddy's possessiveness over the children. Because, like, you know, and, yeah. and, and this one always kind of weird. He's like, oh, they're my children. But I feel like what they could have pushed it on to a little bit more, he's like, no, these are my children to take my vengeance on. Like, I thought that would have been like, all right, you know, make some kind of reason as to why. Because, like, the whole point of Freddy is that he's killing them because they killed him. Um, mm-hmm. But, I, I, you know. It's I, a revenge I, thing for him. Yeah. I, I like that element of it. Um, and I will say, I really like the hypnosil, like, the through line of hypnosil in this movie. Um, because, again, I, you know, I keep saying it, but, like, 
the Freddy movies are always, you know, we, we talked about how two is about, um, two has some uh, kind of themes of like the AIDS crisis and the fear of homosexuality and stuff. But I, I feel like a lot of the series is about repression and about like hiding things that have been done. Like the whole first one is Nancy discovering that her parents killed Fred Krueger. And like, it's, it's literally the entire series is about the kids of that um, incident being fucked over by their parents' actions, essentially. The, the, this vigilante mm-hmm. justice that occurred and the fact that they created this monster that's now preying on them. Um, and I liked that this movie kind of took that to an end point um, where I feel like in Freddy's Dead, they kind of had some weird implica- implication that there are no children because Freddy either killed them all or they tried to get them away from there and they tried to like dumb themselves down and forget about him. But I liked in this one, the parents were so far to stop Fred Krueger from killing them that they institutionalized, like we see in Dream Warriors, those who knew of them to try to get them away. Like, you know, he used to kind of separate out the infection. And then hypnosil was this drug that was used to basically stop them from having dreams. Um, and I like that we kind of see that into fruition. We see a Springwood that's more or less free of Freddy. We see one where they, they beat him. Like, Freddy's dead. More, like, you know, like much, much of the movie, Freddy mm-hmm. has been beaten. Um, so I love that idea that, like, they actually showed him being beaten. And, um, but again, because the parents don't educate the kids about that, like, you know, we almost got, you could almost kind of tie that to, like, modern day what's going on in politics where we try to hide things from kids to a degree. Uh, you know, like hide, you know, hide certain books, hide certain ideals and ideologies and ideologies. And instead of letting the kids kind of grapple with them themselves, they hide them. So that when, you know, in this situation, because um, Will and Mark didn't know what was going on, they just thought they were being, you know, repressed for no reason. They came into and kind of brought the virus with them. You know, they stumbled into it, you know. Um, so I like that. Mm-hmm. I, I like that idea that, you know, again, it, it is like the parents sins once again that caused this to happen because they don't educate the kids about them. Yeah, knowing about Freddy could be bad, but as we learn in Dream Warriors, if you are, like, aware of him, if you are, can combat him in your mind to a degree, then you are okay. You can prepare them versus repressing from things from them. Yeah. Um, and I really like that. I like the hit missile um, as this idea of, like, just like, the ultimate um, repressive drug that just gets rid of Freddy completely, um, you know, gets rid of these mm-hmm. fears and the world's kind of evil as long as you, you know, lock up the people who, you know, know it. It's just very interesting. I feel like, I feel like, if somebody were to look at this today, I feel like there could be a lot of interesting kind of ideologies and kind of tie it with modern politics um, that I'm not, you know, good enough at articulating, but I feel like that's definitely a thing. Um, so I, I like, I love that through, through line and that, it, you know, it, it, we're basically seeing the results of a successful Freddy annihilation, essentially, um, and how it kind of yeah. fucks everybody over uh, in the end. Yeah, because a lot of movies really don't get into that. It's just kind of like, hey, we won, and if there's not a sequel, okay, I guess they won forever, and that's about it. So, yeah, yeah, it's like it's like it's like actually like they 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 won, and they really continued to win. If Jason didn't exist, Freddy would have been fucked. Uh-huh. Like he he only got Jason because Jason's in this weird like zombie like state where Freddy can appear to him. Otherwise, you know, no way he wouldn't have had that opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. But. Yeah, and then uh, what did you think of the scene? Uh, what do you think of, of like, uh, Smoke and Freddy and Jason Mewes, who's not Jason Mewes? <laughs> yes, the uh, where he, it transforms into the um, oh, caterpillar from Alice in Wonderland <laughs> and talks to the center character. Yes, that, that's, that sort of thing is why I love Freddy. Mm-hmm. Like, again, it's just he likes to fuck with his victims. He has these really creative kills, and that's why he personally to me is a lot more entertaining to watch but again you know jason does do the camp and mm-hmm. does go on into the little bit more brutal kills on that front but i did that was really funny yeah i really like that yeah i um i always thought so that I, sound bob. Go ahead. I always thought that was jay sorry i am growing up i always assumed that was like jay from jay and sound bob and then as an adult I'm like <laughs> he looks nothing like i him. can see it <laughs> 
Yeah, I can see. I mean, they're both standard stoners, personality, that sort of thing right there. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, with this movie right there, now I do want to get into our next portion, what I think is going to be a new segment that we're going to include in our episodes uh, for the movies that do it. So, Andrew, you want to introduce this one? Okay, okay, yeah. So this is uh, so this next section uh, is something that I, I talked to Dan about doing because I feel like I ask at the end of every episode, and I never really give any, any preparation for it, but I kind of, it's, I know I always find it interesting talking about kind of the next steps in the movie and kind of theorizing what would come next. Um, so mm-hmm. we're going to kind of start to formalize this, and it's going to be basically what would you pitch for a sequel? Um, and before we hop into that, actually, um, there were there is a sequel to this already um, that came out, which is the Freddy versus Jason versus Ass comic. Um, mm-hmm. And despite popular belief, again, this book, the book I read, The Clash of the Titans, really kind of told me about this. Uh, it, that was actually never going to happen. That was never an actual idea. <laughs> like it was an idea that was really? pitched, but it was never it was never in the filming process. They never got the rights decided. Uh, Bruce Campbell was like, ah, that's, there's a lot of rights going on there. It's nobody really own it. So it was never really like, there's a lot of talk about it. Like, you know, they're going to start working on it. Or, you know, it's going to happen. It never, it was dead in the water, apparently. Like, the guy had written the script for it, but it was never, like, never taken seriously as an actual movie that was going to be made. Um, yeah, because what I heard is, like, this movie had, like, 20 different endings that, like, oh, yeah. were in various stages of, like, being pitched or developed or that sort of thing, too. Mm-hmm. Um, the one I really, really liked is, and I wish I saw this one, we got this one, but basically, I, I do love the ending we get and I, I guess spoilers at this point if you haven't seen this movie um probably should give it that one earlier but that's fine yeah. uh but the ending basically ends with eventually jason does win decapitates freddy and you see jason kind of walking out of camp crystal lake with um holding freddy's severed head by his side and then freddy turns the camera and weeks so it's kind of like yeah he's won this battle but there's still going to be more battles to come freddy's still alive so that's um, and I think that was a fitting ending. Both fans probably got a lot of satisfaction out of that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the endings apparently was they were going to fight so hard that they were both going to end up in hell. And then as they're fighting in hell, chains just all of a sudden shoot from the walls and then drag them both together. And then Pinhead descends and says, "Gentlemen, what seems to be the problem?" <laughs> and then that's what it would ended. I would have loved that one. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been good. Yeah, um, but yeah, what other what other endings did you like read about or anything else in that uh, book? Well, yeah, so there's there's an alternate ending as well um, that actually was filmed, which is basically um, that Will becomes Freddy at the end. They're like making out, mm-hmm. uh, him and Laurie like making out, and then uh, Will turns into Freddy, or like I think fing- uh, blades come out of his fingers. That's one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, th- there are a lot of them with that kind of ending where they go into hell and they like are basically fighting in an arena. Actually, there's a lot of like alternate. Uh, um, comics uh not comics sorry a lot of alternate uh scripts that have them literally fighting in like a boxing ring um uh, which i prefer the way that they fought in this where you really got to kind of see them go at it in the dream world and in the real yes. world um they kind of got to show their strengths um jason's more or less just being not being killable <laughs> um uh, uh-huh. but yeah there, there's a lot of those um i will say actually a lot of the um alternate scripts kind of got rolled into um, the dream, uh, the the Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash and the Nightmare Warriors, mm. which is the sequel to that. Um, so they, they, where they brought that brought in a lot of the cast members, um, like from the previous move books, like um, the sequel, uh, Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash, Nightmare Warriors, brings in a lot of the surviving characters um, from um, the Nightmare on Elm Street and the uh, Friday Thirteenth franchises. And there were there was a lot of there were pitches about that as well for the original comic or for the original uh, Freddy vs. Jason movie. Um, though a lot of them really kind of get really bad send-offs. They kind of get brought in just to be killed in, like, a dumb way. Um, the art's not very good in it. It's kind of bad. Um, but the Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash is pretty good. Um, it does actually give us an ending for these characters. Um, 
So for Will and Lori, um, they are more or less killed in the, like, spoilers, but it's the first couple pages. They are more or less killed in the first mm-hmm. couple pages of the, of the comic book. Uh, basically, you just get a, um, a voiceover by Ash talking about how people who survive these, you know, these crazy incidents kind of think that they're heroes. They get a kind of hero complex. People call them heroes. People call them saviors. But he's like, but realistically, there's only one hero, and that's me. And then you just see... Uh, will get killed oh, and then she that. gets killed <laughs> you're just like oh fuck <laughs> um, i love that so much that's so in tune with ash's character i've never read this one so i'm oh, loving this it's really good uh-huh. um and then basically that the plot of that uh comic book is that um they, and they hint at it a little bit and this was also again an idea partly stolen from uh not stolen but possibly borrowed or inspired by another comic or another uh adaptation or another script is that basically they're um gentrifying um crystal lake uh, they're, they're, you know, they're kind of making it, they're, they're doing housing development, all this stuff. And it is alluded to, they show a housing development kind of in the process in this movie. Um, and basically they're opening a giant super S smart essentially. And so they bring in Ash to help kind of run the housewares department. Cause he's now like a super S smart employee. Uh, so they bring him in and when he's there, um, he's also looking for the Necronomicon because Freddie needs the Necronomicon to come back. Um, <laughs> so that's the plot of that. And Ash is, you know, once again, a womanizer who, I don't know, gets with some girl, I clearly he's like a teenager it's kind of awkward um, but he's also a bum people make fun of him and stuff and everyone thinks he's crazy um, it, it's really good I, I highly suggest the first comic book um, the second one's alright again I think it's weird what they do with some of the characters um, but it does do something that I thought was a really cool idea so one of the um, and this is spoilers for the ending but it doesn't really matter because the story is more so there um, but one of the um, I think it was called uh, what was it Nightmare 13 I think is what it's called was the plot was this script um, and it ends with a guy going back in time essentially um, and when he goes back in time, he signs uh, the warrant for Freddy's arrest that was unsigned that let him go free. Mm-hmm. So um, basically, he's, he he cuts off. He goes back in time and stops it from happening, so that now Freddy is never the killer. Uh, it's, it was an interesting ending, um, and I, you know I think it's, it would be dumb in real life, dumb in a movie, but it's kind of fun in a comic book. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, so that, that that was a little bit of an aside there. But there is an ending to this, and that is the ending to this. Uh, to this okay. or a sequel to this um but yeah so, so ignoring the comic books then yes. ignoring everything else where would you take this series after this movie all right after the freddie wink at the very end so i got really into this um okay <laughs> i was excited like, so i suggest this Which idea is why i'm letting you go first because like i couldn't stop thinking about it and i was like where would i go with this uh so okay so here's my idea here's my idea all right i'm thinking because this movie takes place uh theoretically um you know before jason x and um, not in the same continuity as um, what's the new nightmare, right? Because new nightmare takes mm-hmm. place in like our reality more or less. Um, you know, it's a fourth wall breaking. Heather Langenkamp is as a character, not a actress in this one. Well, she's an actress, but you know what I mean. Um, anyway, so my thought process is let's go beyond that. Let's let's canonize Freddy versus Jason and Jason X. We're going to go beyond that into the far future because Jason X and the Jason. Um, being blown out of a hatch after getting becoming Uber Jason, and being uh, basically uh, this guy tackles him out into space, and they start plummeting towards Earth and theoretically burn up in the atmosphere, right? I'm thinking we, we, we pick up from there, all right? And Jason Jason crash land crash lands. I can't speak today. I apologize. In Antarctica, right? Crash lands in Antarctica and gets frozen there. So then, jump forward some time. You know, already I think Earth is pretty desolate in Jason X, and we end up going. And basically, my my thought process is that this would be at like an antarctic station like a seed station essentially now we have like seed preserves and whatnot so it'd be this great group of humans still there on earth 
Um, you know, most people gone into space because at this point they're pretty fucked. So they're kind of there, you know, I think of almost like Hadley's Hope kind of terraforming or kind of, you know, trying to, whatever they can do uh, to keep the Earth going. And Jason gets crashed there. And in this continuity, it's so far in the future that Freddy's kind of gone away as well because the Hypnosil thing kind of worked, right? We killed him again in this movie. People forgot about him. Now the kids know what Hypnosil is, so they use it. So it becomes, you know, Freddy again is wiped out. Um, and my idea is that, like, over the years between Freddy vs. Jason and this next movie, basically Freddy's kind of, you know, he's not able to influence people as much. So he's kind of more spread himself out. He's not a distinct killer anymore because he doesn't have that power. There's not enough belief in him. But he can kind of influence things a little bit over time. Like, you know, he kind of spreads out his influence to more kind of, like, you know, in push people in directions in his dreams, not necessarily kill them because he doesn't have that power. So maybe, like, you can even kind of blame some, like, crazy things that happen politically on Freddy kind of, like, you know, pushing some bump buttons and stuff, you know, creating some weird things happen. Maybe he's even responsible for why the Earth went to shit because, you know, he kind of, like, fucked with things because he's like, yeah, fuck you guys, I can't kill you, but I can at least fuck your world over. But with Jason crashing back down onto Earth, he has that vessel again. He has somebody who knows who he is, even if he is in, like, a zombie state. So... My idea is he's crashed down there, and then these researchers in this, like, Antarctic station find him. Um, you know, they, and I'm thinking kind of thing vibes, where they find him in the ice, you know, they get some notification that there's something in the ice, they pull him up, and they get Jason. So my, my pitch is that they unfreeze Jason at this place, and it's been so much time since the Frey vs. Jason movies, since vs. Jason has happened, that even the new Nightmare series and, like, um, the remake series that we know has been canonized into mm -hmm. their world. So because it's been so long since it's happened, they made movies about it, right? We make movies about tragedy all the time. So somebody profited off this oh, story, yeah. made movies. So we have Jackie Earl Haley as the original Freddy in their universe making movies, and it goes all the way to, you know, Freddy versus Jason in their universe, okay? But, you know, again, Hypnosil is out there, and Hypnosil has become kind of a widely pervasive drug that's just kind of been slipped into the, you know, the general feed. You know, people say there's stuff in drinking water, that kind of idea. And these people who are on the Antarctic base, because sunlight's not always great, they use Hypnosil just to sleep because, you know, sunlight's not you know, in a place where there's like 30 days a night, night sales get moved up, so they're using it constantly anyway. But with Jason there, he starts influencing things, and we have this this nanotechnology that kind of helped rebuild his brain, so he's a little bit more thinking, but also that means that there's parts of him that can remember Freddy, and maybe somehow that transfers into the uh, nanites or whatever. So my, my thought process is basically, Jason comes back, people do some research into him, like we kind of saw in, Fre in Jason X, where people kind of knew him as a killer. And one of the people there kind of digs up these old movies. Because at that point, you know, it's year 5,000. So the Freddy and Jason movies are, you know, qu old classics. So they dig them up. And that person starts kind of getting into it. And by getting into it, he exposes himself to being open to Freddy. So then this guy ends up becoming, like, a, the conduit for Freddy, essentially. So I don't want to... I didn't go too much into there beyond that. But that's that's my concept, essentially. It's Freddy and Jason. Hmm. But also what I was thinking is maybe it could be a twist. Is, you know, taking a page from AVP to 2004... And maybe in the Arctic, there is some, like, um, ruins that they're also finding, you know, because they're, they're here. And my, part of my thought process is they take that kind of simulation technology we see in Jason X in the Arctic so they can have, like, these kind of vibrant, you know, campsite locations that are actually in Antarctica in this ice area, but underground. So they can have this kind of simulation room like we see in Jason X to kind of, you know, give them feelings of not just being in an icy, you know, abyss, essentially, they're, the entire time they're there on this research station. So Freddy can at some point maybe manipulate that. So you kind of have this question of, is this, are they in the VR room? Is it actually Freddy doing things? Like that kind of can be part of the conceit of it. But I'm thinking if there is some weird kind of offshoot of them where they find like under the ice, this pyramid, I'm thinking, all right, let's tie that back to um, a new nightmare. Because at the end of a new nightmare, they go into the bed and they go into this weird, like ancient kind of place where the, the dream demon, this kind of idea of this demon that powers Freddy has been there, you know, and kind of exists in the earth's history forever. 
So then Captain Boot tie into that, maybe have the death the the dream slugs kind of come back to a degree and maybe like give Freddy new life once they kind of find that source. I'm going to full camp, full like leaning into this lore too much, but I feel like that's where you gotta <laughs> go with this movie. Um, and I'm thinking because yeah, this is an older movie and this is like a thousands of years in the future, bring Robert England back because he can be kind of old. He can be a Freddy. He's kind of he's wizened. He's you know he's been tired out. People aren't believing him as much. So he is this kind of old dude who's just kind of like weak more or less. Um, and I'm thinking at some point we get that guy who starts watching the movies get possessed by Freddy, and somehow the answer involves. So we have like an Uber Freddy versus an Uber Jason fight. That's that's my thought process. And obviously he's not gonna have a glove, but if the nanites are based on like memory and stuff. Boom! You can get some nanite kind of gloves popping out. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's that's my pitch. And I and I'm thinking either calling it Jason X Freddy because you know X Jason X or Freddy vs Jason Extermination with an X. <laughs> Those my. I the, think it's a little bit too. Yeah, it's the earliest 2000 would be a little bit more extermination. Yeah, yeah. Freddy X Jason. It's cheesy as, as as hell, but yeah, because it's all about the requel in terms of like you got to have. A sequel that's the same name as the original, so we have to refer to it by the year. Mm. So yeah, Freddy X Jason, I think would be close enough to that. I'm just thinking because I feel like sometimes we use X as like a, a a shipping, like a pairing, and I'm like, I feel, are they gonna fuck? Is that what's gonna happen? Is, this, is that what this is? Is this that? <laughs> is this that script? <laughs> um, but that that's my only hesitation with Freddy X Jason. That's my original idea for the name, but then I was like, hmm. But I I've. I've thought way too much about this, and I even took notes on it, but I'm not going to go to it. <laughs> how it would work out. Uh, I don't know why. The idea for this really, I don't know, I'm into it. Anyway, how about how about you? Uh-huh. And, you know, and I, I figure well, in the future we can do prequels, whatever we want to do. Yeah, no, no. For um, First off, I was saying what Ronnie Yu, the director of Freddy vs. Jason, is doing nowadays, and does not like look like he's done anything since 2013, so uh, I think I think he's available if need be. I mean, he, uh, he's he also apparently... Chucky, so. Yeah, apparently he's also 72 years old, so, um, oh. yeah. May not have it in him. No, no, he's, he, he's okay. he'd appreciate me trying to bring back Robert England for his final <laughs> performance. And, you know, if we want... Bring... It'd be like, it'd be like the, no, I'm out of the business. I'm not doing this anymore. And then you come on in and you give your whole spiel and he's just like, you son of a bitch. I thought it was that, but you brought me back. <laughs> One last heist, man. <laughs> <laughs> One last time. And, and this is what I think, time. right? They hated that Kane Hodder wasn't in this movie. Um, uh-huh. So people didn't like the Kane Hodder wasn't in the new one. Uh, is it wasn't in Freddy vs Jason? Instead, it was um, this Canadian actor. Um, I forget what his name was, but he's a lot taller than Kane Hodder and stuff. They everyone really wanted Kane Hodder to be in it because he was in the last ones, and people were pissed. Uh, yeah, bring him back. Give that one for the fans, or say fuck you, Kane Hodder, and bring this guy back. Because uh, I was all on board for people who wanted Kane Hodder, but then in part of what they're doing in the script for this um, is they they got an interview with the guy who played Jason in this movie, and he was talking, and apparently he didn't say this. Uh, he didn't say it as a mean thing, but apparently he did some of the stunt work for Kane Hodder in, um, I think it's Jason Goes to Hell. It may have been, may, or it may have been Jason Takes Manhattan. Anyway, Kane Hodder didn't want people knowing that this guy stunted for him because he thought it would make him look mm-hmm. lame. But it's like, yeah, cool, cool, man. But also, like, that doesn't mean you're good. That doesn't mean, like, oh, look at how cool I am. Jason. It means you're taking the credit away from somebody who did their job. So get fucked, mm-hmm. man. Like, no, don't. <laughs> fuck you, Kane Hodder. Like, yeah, I, I appreciate what you did, but if you're if you want this guy to lie about his work so that you can seem cooler, you can go get fucked. Sorry, man. <laughs> uh, anyway, that, that, that's my high horse about that situation. Okay. But how, how about you? How, how would you be your uh, Freddy vs. Jason sequel? Okay, so haven't thought about this literally. Like, I was thinking about it today, and I came up with this about 30 minutes before I give you weeks um, to we started recording. <laughs> yeah, so basically, um, name of the movie. Very simple, very easy. Freddy vs. Jason 2. <laughs> We start off 
with um, Jason walking around. And he is basically going to like a little bit of a strip mall. Uh, you know, he survived at the end of the movie, so he's just kind of maybe he's walking on the back from Cramp Crystal okay. Lake, that yeah. sort of thing. The important thing is that all of the marketing just focuses on Jason because we don't know what happened to Freddy. We don't know where he is, that sort of thing. Just focus on that. Goes on into a strip mall, goes into an abandoned Chuck E. Cheese esque place. Mm-hmm. And he runs into, of course, Freddy from. Five Nights at Freddy's. Son of a bitch. I haven't, I haven't seen any Matt Pat videos. I don't know that the character. But the whole movie is just Jason finding this animatronic bear and, like, possessed by the spirit of a dead kid or some shit like that. I don't know. Um, but the best part is, and this is something, this is, I think the whole cornerstone that's going to fit it together is soundtrack, mm-hmm. of course, has to be Papa Roach. And they could do a scene where they perform in the Chuck E. Cheese. Like, it's brilliant. It all comes together. Damn. That's all I got. <laughs> I, I, I love that idea of just making a franchise of Freddy vs. Jason with different Freddies and Jasons. That's that's an amazing concept. <laughs> well, who would be the other Jason then? Uh, Jason Todd, uh, the second Robin. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he yeah. He comes yeah. with guns and shit. Uh, and I thought you were talking like horror oh, Jason. I mean, it, so. it, could, it could be other. It could be other. There's probably another yeah, yeah. horror Jason, I bet. Um, uh-huh. Oh, my God. Jason the Red Power Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It can be like the Avengers at the end where he's like on your left and all these other Jasons start coming out. <laughs> <laughs> The Red Ranger comes out. Jason Todd comes out. Jason Momoa comes out just as himself. <laughs> just, oh, my God. And who are, what are the other Freddies out there? God, what's another Freddy? Uh, Jason um, Bourne could come out over. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, amazing. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, God. What, like, who, uh-huh. I, there's got to be another Jason. Um, uh, fuck. Who's another Jason? Yeah, let's see. I'm trying to think of all the Jasons. Jason from Jason the Argonauts? There we go. Yeah, that's a bit of a deep cut, yeah. It's I, a bit I, of a stretch. I don't really know who he is, but, I mean, he can do it. Um, there apparently was a Jason, Jason from the, the 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 kid from Heavy Rain. Jason. <laughs> there's there's apparently there's a um a Jason versus Jason X comic. I'm curious how that as to how that worked. I feel like they stole my idea, but it's okay. Uh-huh. Um, oh man, I love that idea. I love and I love that everyone can just switch out a different one to just switch out a different character. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, Jason David yeah. Frank. Uh, he died. He passed away unfortunately. But the, the Green Ranger. Mm. Um, you know. Uh, damn. I wonder if there's like a Freddy Jason guy. I don't know. Oh, I love that idea. I love that idea. I'm behind it. I'm here all the way. <laughs> and then I just love that idea of doing that with any other movie. Just doing other characters versus characters. Have them be nobody. <laughs> mm-hmm. See, when you originally said that, I thought you were going to go for a ho- like a Halloween 2018 to have it be that he goes on like a walk and kills no. all these people. even killing all these people as he goes through somebody's house. And then, I don't know. Something random I mean, comes just up. Just like Jason at the end. I would like to... Yeah, maybe. I, I honestly do not want to see a Michael versus Jason movie. I think that would be boring as hell because oh, they're both basically the same character i would love Jason to see it i would love to see jason just destroy michael myers in two seconds <laughs> just like beat the <laughs> shit out of him <laughs> and fuck it let cory let cory from uh uh halloween ends be in there too fuck him up too like <laughs> that would just be amazing i would love actually i'd love to see jason take on everybody from the halloween franchise <laughs> just like that i would watch just yeah, if it's just every one side of the person, whole time every person uh... just like you know like Oh, God, it'd be so good. He throws Laurie in a wood trip right at the end, and it's just like, Jesus Christ, that was dumb. <laughs> oh, man. Except for Paul well, Rudd. That was a waste of everyone's time. Paul Rudd would those, those are two hours I won't give back. Uh, oh. Yep. Uh, God, I love yeah. that. Oh, man. Amazing idea. Anyway, yeah. Um, I still have to see the trailer for the new Five Nights at Freddy's movie. I honestly, that is, for me personally, and I think you might relate to this one, just from being an elementary school teacher, being a school teacher in general, mm. I have zero interest in that series. Like, it is just like, I'm sure it 
I would have an opinion on it. I'm sure I may like it, but I'm just, no, no, I, I can't. Yeah. Because the entire time I can think of just my screaming children, uh, my, my students just being going like, oh, Freddy's the best. Ooh, the purple guy. Ooh, uh, I don't know, Matt Pat videos. It's not just a theory. It's a game theory. Oh, I God. Just, no, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. And they're, 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 they're fine videos. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying that personally it's like nails on chalkboard to me. Yeah. No, I, but, I, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, I feel like it's one of those games that like is probably more fun to watch somebody play than it is to like, I feel you get, you know, you, it's like Alien Isolation, except, you know, not as good. Uh, where like, you know, it's probably all tenseness and whatnot, but I don't know. I feel like, I just can't see that being that scary. Unless like, unless they go balls to the walls. They go balls to the wall and have like these creatures and chunks that are called like, rip people up, amazing. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I can't see it no, being that good. I don't think so. I think it's going to like go after the Megan audience in terms of the very very young Zoomers and that sort of thing too because oh. they grew up with those games and uh, that's a good point. Yeah, that, that's the audience they're going to. It's going to be the PG thirteen horror, which great, more mm. people getting into horror. That's fantastic. Yeah. But it's just not for me personally. I mean, and we got Willy's Wonderland, which is great. That was that was fun. Willy's Wonderland was a good time. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't love Nick Cage. Yep, yep, yep. Good stuff. Anyway, uh, any final thoughts on Freddy versus Jason? Um, I mean, I yeah. love, I, I, I love Freddy vs. Jason. I, like, I didn't think I did going into it. And again, I think if I watched all the movies before, I might, you know, kind of fall off it a bit. But I, I, I think they kind of thread the needle on this movie. I think that they really did a good job with it um, in terms of just, you know, making a movie that makes sense within the context of both franchises and, you know, doesn't really ask many questions between the two of them. And still functions as well, as a movie. Like I think it functions as a later Freddy and a later, later Jason movie. Definitely not as suspenseful. There are some kind of scary moments. Like I don't see how they could have made this movie. Like I feel like if we made this movie today, it would be a piece of shit. Like not not be like you know it was ten years development hell. That you know the last script they used, they just kind of decided to make it. I think Seanus Cunningham basically said like it's not it's not a movie that we were waiting for the right one. We decided what we wanted to make it essentially. And I think that's what mm-hmm. it was. But I think nowadays with like what's going on in these Marvel movies and all these kind of big crossovers, I think it would be over-engineered to an insane amount. So I'm just so impressed at what they were able to produce, especially with, you know, again, Elmer's Predator came out the year following. And I think Elmer's Predator also thread the needle in some ways. Um, but I do I think... I think Alien vs. Predator was a lot more uneven, though. Like, yeah. this movie is at least consistent. Yes. No, I, I agree. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think yeah. this movie did, did it much better, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say I love this movie, but I definitely respect the hell of it in terms of like in terms of the best possible outcome realistically this movie could have had. Yeah, I I think they did an admirable job with it. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is a movie I'm going to crave to come back to every now and then. I don't think the characters are particularly interesting. I think there is just some like early two thousand cringe that has not aged as well and i'm not talking about like the words or the choices they use at that front it's the style of the movie um at some points it just like feels very dated and feels very awkward like that transition into the final song and the credits that was just like okay that's kind of again the (laughs) raw digger 13 ghost rap at the very end what was was transition i wish Oh, it just—it was just a really generic early two thousands rock song oh, at the very yeah. end during the credits. Yeah, and I was just like, eh, nah. Yeah, it kind of took me out of it. And I, and I think that that might be like because I always think about like I have never gone to a horror convention yet, and I think it's because I don't. And but but also you know there I think there's a lot of people who are into that, that kind of music. It's just not my jam. That metal isn't really my jam. If that's if that is metal, I don't know what it is. But I feel like there mm-hmm. I think there is a pop. I feel like there is definitely a community that likes that movie, that kind of music. I think that they are often horror fans as well. I think there's a big crossover between them. And I think this movie kind of tried to lean into that. 
But I think it's just it's jarring from the other movies because like none of the other ones have that in it. But yeah. I could see why they marketed that music for that specific movie because it was kind of like I don't know bringing in people who I feel like maybe historically or they typically enjoy that music. I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm mean, definitely a little bit of It's not. I don't think it's like fully metal. It's just kind of like early two thousands alt rock. Yeah, I guess is the best way to put it. Edgy alt rock. Um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. To me, all of it kind of sounds the same, but I, I, I'm a guy who grew up listening to, like, pop punk, so mm. what do I know? <laughs> I, I was wondering, why was there no Destiny's Child in this? I mean, they, they, they had Kia, who was from Destiny's Child. Why wasn't she in here? Yeah. Why, 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 wasn't, there, why wasn't there, like, a sick Destiny's Child song in there? That, that would have been amazing. That I, I, no idea. I mean, come on. You, you have her. Rod Diggy got to do her song. <laughs> I mean, come on. Raw Digga is more more popular than uh yeah, Kelly Rowland. So yeah, there we go. There we go. That's her name. I was trying, I was trying to remember her name. Like, what was her name again? Um because I mean, come on. I mean that they they really missed something there. Uh, though actually, uh Dan, I have a, a a a film question for you. This is my trivia go for, for you. Alright. In this movie, uh Mark, I don't think his name actually is Mark, but I'm calling him Mark. Mark's brother. Uh <laughs> Was played by an actor named Zach Ward, the guy who cut, you know, slid his wrist in the in the in the bathtub and then told yep. him all Freddy's, told him Freddy's entire plan for some reason. Uh-huh. I love that he's like, "Why they did this to me? Why are you only that you're gonna kill?" Anyway, <laughs> um, I am three steps ahead of you, Andrew. Oh yeah, Christmas Story, right? Oh, even better. No, no, no. <laughs> what character did Zach Ward? And I, I'll have you know, I know this by heart <laughs> for some reason <laughs> because I was, this is the franchise I was obsessed with in. Resident Evil, uh, Apocalypse. <laughs> oh gosh! What? Which is the second one? I couldn't name a single. Which is the second? I couldn't one. name a single character in that movie. Uh, no, so no, he, I, I... he's from a video. He's from the video games. What character does Zach Ward oh. play? In uh, and I'll, I'll say he is a big character in the game he's in. He is maybe a two-second character in this movie. <laughs> oh, God. Damn it! You're, you, this is my Achilles heel. The Resident Evil movies—they all blend he's in Resident together. Resident Evil Three, the game. If you want to say the character, he's in the game. He's in Resident okay. Evil Three, the game. Carlos? Nope. Nope. That's Odin Fair. Okay. Who else is in Resident? Evil? Trying to think what other characters in Resident Evil Three. Yeah, I don't know. I give up. He's Nikolai. He plays. The, the villain. Who's Nikolai? He's the villain of Resident Evil Three. He's... Was that his name? Yeah. Oh my god. Nikolai. Nikolai. And I don't. I didn't remember his name at all. How, he's the villain of Resident Evil Three. Come on, of, of, I of honestly the video don't games. remember. <laughs> um, but in Resident I, Evil, I didn't play Resident Evil Three as much as the other ones. Is Resident yeah. Evil Apocalypse? He appears at one point uh, when they're getting attacked by dogs in the cafeteria, and he goes, "I'm Nikolai," okay. and then he gets attacked and murdered by the dogs. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that was the villain of the third game, gone. <laughs> and he's just like, "Blink it, you miss it." He's just like Carlos's buddy, and Carlos's like, "Oh man, Nikolai, no." You're <laughs> like, uh-huh. "Yeah, that's." That seems like a that seems like Paul Douglas Anderson was fucking terrible at writing. <laughs> yeah. Now he was also uh, was it Scott Farkas in the um, A Christmas yeah. Story, the bully character. So yeah. I mean, but come on, what, what's more memorable? <laughs> Nicola. <laughs> Clearly, it's Nicola. Um, also, uh, last comment on this movie. Um, before uh, before Freddy kills Mark, who's Nikolai's slash Zach Ward's brother uh, slash the other guy who escaped from the asylum, he's like Freddy's like. Mark or whatever your name is. So you probably didn't know his name. He's like, I, I need you to tell me a message. And Mark's like, No. And he's like, Fine, I'll kill you then. Was Freddie basically like, Yo, bro, if you don't, if you like, 
just told him his message that won't kill you? Was Freddy offering to not kill him if he told the message? No, I think it would have killed him anyway, honestly. I don't... Well, actually, no, I don't think so, because Freddy's whole aim is, like, he wants people to be afraid of him, so if that guy could spread... The... You know, why did... Yeah, it would have made more sense if he didn't kill him, and... Uh, but also, like... Kind of came on in. Yo, Freddy, he already did that. He went to a fucking high school and sang the Freddy song. Yeah. <laughs> like, this guy is your best friend. <laughs> this, guy, this guy's a fucking idiot. Uh, who also, like, <laughs> is really bad, bad, bad at staying up, apparently, after saying stay up. Um, but I mean, like... And then Freddy's like, fine, I'll burn your back and say Freddy's back. But he does that, so the only two people who see that already know that. <laughs> like, Freddy, you fucking suck, man. <laughs> like, you could have done so many other things. And he's like, no, no, no. I got a plan. I'm going to burn this guy's back so that his friends who know I'm back already know I'm back again on his back. <laughs> and I didn't realize that, that it's Freddy's back and it's on his back. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's kind of cute. Ah, uh, man, Freddy, look at you. Maybe it was just that's what that was Freddy. what we wanted. He was like, this is I Freddy's think that was back. probably intentional. Yeah. Um, that's great. Okay. So anyway. here's an I have trivia question for you now because right. you got one, okay? All right. All right. All right. So uh, the actor who plays Mark Davis, uh, Brendan Fletcher, yep. um, plays a somewhat large supporting role in one of the greatest sports movies of all time. What sports movie is that? I mean, if it's the greatest sports movie of all time, I guess you remember, remember the Titans. Uh, no, not that um, one. Is it Friday Night Lights? I'll give you a hint. No. Okay. It is a 90s sports movie, though. The Replacements? Nope. Uh, Goon? No. Uh, uh, give me a, give me a, give me, give me more information about this. Uh, uh, it was 97, and it was a Disney-produced film. Miracle? No. Not Ru- not Ru- the Titans? D3, The Mighty nope. Ducks? Uh, you're getting closer. Getting warmer. D2, The Mighty Ducks. <laughs> getting closer. Not Mighty Ducks adjacent, oh, okay. though. Okay, <laughs> It's um, not Mighty Ducks, okay. but... Another sports movie that's Disney produced. Disney? Uh, uh, extreme Skateboarding, the movie. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, okay. It's not a Disney Channel original movie. It actually did come out of theaters. I saw this movie in theaters. It's not Miracle. It's not Remember the Titans. You've definitely heard of this movie. I've heard of this movie. Um, tell me a little you bit more about You probably have seen this movie, too. What, what is the sport? Is there a stick in the sport? Is it Airbud? Is he an Airbud? <laughs> He's fucking Airbud, yes. <laughs> Wait, is he, is he the villain? Is he the boy? Who's an Airbud? He's the yeah, he's the rival in Airbud. Oh, Larry Willingham. Oh my god, dude! Imagine if in this movie got eaten by like a giant dog. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, imagine if his dream is he goes and plays, uh, he goes and plays basketball, but Airbud kicks his ass again, meshes his hell, like, gets his ass kicked by Airbud, and his dad like, beats him, and it's like you fucking suck. Oh. There's no rule that says you can't get eaten by a dog in basketball. Oh my god, oh, oh that'd be so good. Man, why? What? Yes. A, what a anyway, I didn't know that off the top of my head, but I had to when you hit me with that uh, Nikolai stuff. I was like, okay, what's the most obscure actor I can find? I mean, out the difference is I knew so. Nikolai from from my heart. Yeah, I, yeah. I just, no, I'll give you that one. Apparently, the guy who played Will is famous, but I he looks very different now. Um, but the guy who plays Will is like an actor. He, I think Will just looks fucking weird, honestly. Um, but apparently, he is a uh, famous actor nowadays. Um, Ooh. But I don't know who he is, so he's not that famous. <laughs> uh, anyway, as we as, as we go on about this uh, movie, um, okay. I'm sorry, I zoned out for a second. I got a text. Who we were talking about? Uh, uh, his name is Will. His actor. Oh, Jason Ritter. Yeah. yeah. Who the fuck? What is he? I know his name. I know he sounds familiar to me. What is he? What is he in? What is he? What do you know him for? Um, he was in Gravity Falls. Oh, is he the main? Is uh, he uh, the boy? <laughs> no, I don't think. I don't think he's. Uh, gosh, what's his name? He looks like he looks like a, like a, a poor man's Josh Hartnett. Yeah, he does. That, that's what he is. Um, yeah, so he's got. Um, do, 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 do. 
I'm looking. Uh, oh yeah, he was Dipper. He was Dipper Pines. Oh, okay, okay, very right. fair enough. Okay, he's Dipper. Good, good, good yeah, job. That's, you did, you, uh -huh. you did one thing well. Other than because I don't think he's great in this movie, so he did one thing well. <laughs> um, oh, he was Jeb yeah, Bush and W. That's amazing. Okay, great. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, I haven't heard of any of the other stuff too. I've I've heard his name before, which is weird. Yeah, I feel like I heard Jason Biggers' name all the time. It must have just been from Gravity Falls, but I love Gravity Falls so much. That that is honestly probably uh, it. Looks like he was in Gilmore Girls. He was in. Law and Order, you know. He, I mean, there we he, go. He was, he's in Superstore. Okay. Everyone's in Law and Order, though. Oh, but he's, I actually have a friend of mine who's a, who was in Law and Order, which is pretty cool. Really? So. He apparently was a clicker. He was in, in The Last of Us. Yeah, I've seen that too. Now he was a he was an art teacher in one of the recent episodes <gasps> that, where he was like investigated about because one of the kids was like showing sociopathic tendencies and he showed the crazy art and that sort of thing. He was in a low five minute scene, but it was pretty cool. Oh, so, all right, well, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, nailed it, nailed it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, so I, I know we're, about to, we're probably about to close out, but, uh, I do want to suggest, we are. um, Clash the Titans, um, it was very good, uh, if you're interested in, like, um, anything about, uh, kind of making of this movie or anything, um, fuck, who is it by? Uh, I don't know where my book is, uh, probably my car still. So, it was by these people who are named Dustin, and I don't know their last name. <laughs> um, I'm trying to find this as I'm here. Uh, wait, here we go. Because they, they do a bunch of books. So it's by Dustin McNeil. Um, and he recently did a book by, uh, that I'm going to get next, which is Reign of Chucky, which is about all the production of them. But he also wrote two books mm -hmm. on, um, one on the Halloween franchise, and then a sequel book, which was about all the, all the unused scripts and stuff. So I'm, yeah, cool. they're, they're really interesting. So if anybody's interested in kind of learning about these, I, I found it really interesting to read um, just about these, the writers, the scripts, and the guy who um, wrote the book basically He's a big fan, so he got all the scripts, and he just interviews everybody who writes them after telling you about what the plot was. Really cool to see what could have been, and really kind of see where elements of this movie kind of came from. They definitely borrowed some elements from it, and where, if you ever read the comic books, um, where a lot of that stuff comes from. So I highly suggest it. It's really well written. Um, I think it's it's only like 10 bucks, um, so buy it used like I did. So definitely worth it. Um, yeah. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Sounds good. Uh, speaking of which, before we wrap on up, Alien Watch, uh, the new Alien movie has wrapped filming as of today, um, and it's going to be released in 2024. Uh, there was also something else I sent you on over in terms of regards to Alien, I don't remember what it was. I thought it was that. Was it not that? I sent you it. Uh, could it have been that? I don't know. Well, yes, yes, it was that. Never mind. I'm going to say, well, I'm pretty sure you that about Alien Romulus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and for Predator Watch, uh, uh, you know, not Freddy Krueger, um, uh, they, the NECA uh, of the... Um, a feral predator from Prey. I think it's being released in October, or December. So if anybody collects figures, I know I'm. I don't. I have some alien predator figures. I don't have that many of them. But you know, if you're interested in that, it's been about a year and a half, but it's coming out. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm gonna get that as soon as that comes out because it looks great. Um, anyway, um, and do, do we know what we're doing next time? Uh, I know. No, we don't we have do anything for next time. We still have our letterbox that uh, we kind of have some stuff to do mm -hmm. in. Unless you got an idea. What do you got? Well, I know we got some suggestions. We got Secret of Nim uh, and Cronenberg. Uh, yeah. And then also, I know you said you might be busy this weekend, but the fourth, fifth Insidious movie, the final Insidious movie, which seems to be going back to Red Lipstick Face Demon, uh, which I am all about because uh, I love that character and I want to see what happens with him, is also coming out. Um, so we got, we got some options. We got some options. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if any, if any any spark your interest more or less than the other. Yeah, we'll definitely take a look and we'll discuss this offline to see how it is. But uh, yeah, cool. Yeah. 
All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Once again, this has been Permanent Screwheads Talk Horror. Um, thank you so much to our opening theme song. That is a horror movie story by the band Teddy's Atlas. You can get that off the album Children of the Corn. They are good, good Canadian boys. Uh, once again, we are active on social media. Thanks so much for those who were messaging us about the last episode. We had some really good conversations, actually, mm-hmm. on that front. Uh, but go ahead and find us on Instagram or uh, Facebook, and you'll be able to find us on there. Other than that, uh, we will catch you back in two weeks. So until then, stay groovy. Bye.